Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, effective relationships. I'm a D, my direct is a C. Part two, here we go. Folks, welcome to something unusual at Manager Tools. For the next several weeks, four in total, Mike and I will be releasing a podcast from our Effective Relationships series, which typically is behind the paywall. These are long casts. In fact, the one we are releasing is two hours and 40 minutes long, if you can believe that. The show notes run to 18 pages. Typically, a show is only about five pages. They're probably the most densely packed with guidance casts that Mike and Wendy and I have ever recorded. And basically what they give you is an insight into using DISC to either manage your directs or in some cases to relate to your boss. There are a total of 16 casts in the Effective Relationship series. This cast is you're a high D as a manager and your direct is a high C. So you're a forceful, energetic, take no prisoners kind of boss and your direct to oversimplify things, of course, a little bit is a perfectionist, a dot his eyes or her eyes and cross his or her uh, T's kind of person, likes to go slow, likes to have a plan, likes to wait, 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 wait which annoys, 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 annoys you. And there are ways to get highly effective performance out of directs who are different than you. And on the other side of this series of cast, there are a lot of ways to craft an effective relationship with a boss who's very different than you. For the record, again, these casts typically are behind the paywall. This cast costs $25. I think this was actually the first cast that we ever sold, or these casts were the first cast we ever sold individually in providing the show notes. And these casts, you could you would buy both the show and the very long show notes to go with it. There are a number of topics covered in all of these casts. We've chosen, again, I'm a D, my direct is a C, but for every single disc profile, there is a cast relating to a relationship with the direct. So, for instance, I'm a D, my direct is a D. I'm a D, my direct is an I, and so on for S and C. Same thing for the I bosses and the S bosses and the C bosses. And that's why there are 16 casts for all of the bosses, D, I, S, and C. There are then the same casts in reverse for directs. So if I'm a D direct and my boss is a high C, we have that cast. If I'm an S direct and my boss is a high D, which would be terribly problematic for most cases, that cast is also available. There are a total of 32 casts. Each cast by itself is $25. We then sell this series of casts, for instance, for a high D boss, for each of the four directs D, I, S, and C for only $75. So you get a discount, a three for four discount. I'm sorry, a four for three discount. If you buy all 16 of the manager casts, it is only $125. And if you buy all 32 of the casts, it is only $250. When we released these, the vast majority of people who bought them bought all 32 of the casts. That said, let's talk about this cast. We go into detail for your directs, tendencies, and desires. Guys, if you know Manager Tools, if you've been listening for a while, this cast has 16 bullet points as an outline. 
We start with your high C directs tendencies and desires, what they think about, what they like, what they don't like. For an example, as a high C, your direct spends a lot of time thinking about the details of the work that he or she is doing. They want to be completely sure before they take actions. Another thing, your direct doesn't like chit chat. Of course, you high Ds don't either. Your direct wants complete communication. He wants you to tell him about fine details, if in fact there are fine details. Not that a high D would be terribly good at discerning them. Then we'll go on to talk about what that high C, and again, this is just one of the 32 casts, what that high C wants from you as a manager, what they're looking for in terms of communication and guidance and relationship. We also talk about what your direct doesn't want from you as a manager. A high D who walks down to IC and wants to interrupt and says, you need to put this that I'm talking about now first on your list, annoys the high C. Now, that may be a reasonable thing to do in certain situations, but you ought to know in advance that it will annoy your high C. We'll talk about how your direct, the high C in this case, works with others. How does he tend to relate to other people with peers? How does he handle or she handle deadlines? And for that matter, conflict as well. We'll tell you how any direct wants to be recognized. High C's don't like being called up in front of the room. They don't care for that level of spotlight attention. We'll tell you how they tend to communicate overall, and then we'll give you a number of specific situations. What you can expect from a high C, and again, or an I, or an S, or a C, depending upon the cast you buy, how they communicate face-to-face what you'll discover when you interact. A classic example, you high Ds don't realize that you interrupt people all the time. The high C will never interrupt. And frankly, with a bit of tongue in cheek, they will note in their head when you interrupt them that you have yet violated again one of the rules of conversation. And that will go in their black book against you. We'll talk about how they communicate in meetings. High Cs often tend to sit back. And quoting Albert Einstein, up until now, everything was in order. High Ds feel very comfortable speaking up, chiming in. If you're wondering why one of your directs is not doing it, it's probably because she's not a high D like you. We'll also talk about how they communicate by email. Email is a a natural failing point for manager and direct relationships, and it's not hard to make small changes. And for each one of these, we're not only going to tell you how they communicate, we'll also tell you what that means for you and how to address each one of those things. How do you communicate with a high C by email if you're a high D? How do you recognize a high C? How do you handle conflict when your direct handles it a certain way? How your direct handles projects and what you should do about that. And then lastly, we finish with a take on manager tools, managerial behaviors, one-on-ones, feedback, coaching and delegation. How your direct, in this case, in this cast, a high C, responds to those things and how you can be more effective, whether you're a DIS or C, interacting with that direct, whose natural approach, in most cases, is different than you. Again, folks, this is a four-part series. If you're picking up in part two or three or four, we encourage you to go back and start with the first cast, where we start at the top, If at any time you want to go look at the Effective Relationships series of casts on the website, this motivates you to purchase one for $25 or a grouping for larger and larger discounts. We encourage you to go to manager-tools.com forward slash effective-relationships. Again, we rarely do this. 
Danny and I on the road get questions all the time about how can I interact with my boss or my direct based on the fact that they're different. This is an extension of our effective communications conference, which has become probably more interesting and more exciting for people than the effective manager conference, simply because it fundamentally asks you to change the way you think about communication. And I will tell you, this cast leverages the single most important thing I ever learned in my professional life, which is communication is what the listener does. We hope you enjoy it. It's a chance to delve deep into a topic that affects all of us every week, every day. And we offer this one free to you in our normal stream as a way to introduce the idea and also to say, we know there are many of you out there who are high D bosses and you have high C's who frustrate you. And hopefully this will help you be frustrated a little bit less. We hope you enjoy this series of casts. Now let's talk about what your direct doesn't want from you as a manager. Now for some of you, in this case, we're talking about high C directs. If you're a high C, probably you'll think, why would anyone do this? <laughs> and the high I's will probably go, wait. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I was doing. I thought that worked like a charm. Yeah. Um, like, especially this first one, high C's don't need you to tell them they're, they're fabulous, which is, a, which is a high I word, right? Oh, you're fabulous. You're fabulous. You're just, you I like, love having you on my team. You're yeah. such a great part of the team. And the high C's like, Really? Well, well, yeah. yeah. It, it's like, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's, that's not factual. It's, it's overblown. I, well, it's overenthusiastic, and it can't possibly be true. I think that's important. You just said it's not factual. You're referring to the word fabulous, right? Mm-hmm. Fabulous is overblown. It, mm-hmm. is, it is over the top. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you want to say to a high C, let, let's just role play, for, not, not role play, but what would a high C consider if a high eye were thinking, I want to tell my team they're all fabulous, I just want to spread some praise all around, like glorious cho- double fudge chocolate icing across everybody, make everybody feel happy as clams. So I come in in the morning, and instead of saying to the high C, you're fabulous, what would you say? John, I really appreciate that, your, that the report that you wrote yesterday was complete and um, covered all of the things that I needed to take to the boss, and um, it was on time. And I absolutely appreciated having all that backup when I went to the boss. Yeah. Thank you. I would say it differently because I think that's a long sentence. Yeah, I think every one of those ands would be hard for the high C. So I would say, I would say, John, thank you for being a professional. I can always rely on you. I appreciate the fact that you care so much about your work. I respect the level of professionalism and attention to detail you bring to your job. Right. Um, and you notice I didn't say I love, which is a natural word for me to use as a high. I love that you do this or that or the other thing. But to a high C, respect, appreciate, admire, those are better words, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we both slowed down. I mean, oh, we both absolutely. slowed down yeah. and said it very much more flat than yeah. either of us would yeah. naturally speak because I'm to, a DIT. You rock. <laughs> you rock. I love you, man. You, you the man. Bump it, bump it. Give me some bump. <laughs> High five, baby. Okay. So they don't need, yeah, you're absolutely right. They'd rather you told them they were effective or helpful, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Something they, specific. Yeah. They don't want public praise. Mm. Yeah. Now, I just let me just spend a minute talking about public praise. We, we, um, we have a couple of casts on that. Folks, um, we're, we're famous at Manager Tools, of course, for, for the feedback model. Well, famous in a very, 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 very <laughs> small <laughs> way. Yeah. But, but um, we also have a cast called Yes, Please, Praise. Praise is fine, 
right? But it's not a significant driver of improvement in terms of results. It just makes people happy. That said, there are rules about praising in public and criticizing in private and so on. Now, we actually have a cast that says those things are wrong. And the high C proves one of them, which is they don't want public praise. Why not? It's embarrassing. Um, they, they, they don't like to be called out in public. They don't like to be the center of attention in the way that an I does. They don't want to be, even in a small team meeting where, where it's a team that's worked, it's five of you and you've worked together for five years. Right. Still, that much attention is uncomfortable for yeah. them. Classic example, okay? Uh, a high I. Uh, let's say a sales manager has moved over into an operational role, right? Still in customer operations, for instance, has a couple of high C's on the team. High I loves being rewarded and praised and so on because we're all so deeply insecure. <laughs> and, um, and so he says, you know, this guy, Robert on my team, just did a fabulous job working out our plan for Q3. And so what do you do? Of course, everybody's like me. Let's call him up in front of the room. Robert, come on up. I, w I want you to stand up here. I want to talk for a minute about the work you did. And, and Robert is, is literally crawling under the table. Yeah. Just like, I can't believe this, right? And, and that goes back to why we're doing these casts. What you take for granted about what other people want is only because you think other people want what you want and they do not, okay? So public praise doesn't work. Now, now if you said in the meeting, if you're at the head of the table and Robert's sitting at the table, if you said, I'd like to call y'all's attention to someone, to something. Um, I got a report from Robert last week and Robert qu quietly goes about his business and I've made a copy of this report for you. I'm going to share it with you and I'd like y'all to take a few minutes to look at it. This is the kind of work we all ought to be proud of doing. Now you do that and Robert is quietly just in heaven yeah. and maybe some people will pat him on the back and he'll notice it, whatever. But now you're talking about Robert's work yeah. and you're doing it in a way that doesn't put Robert in the spotlight, but says, look, look at the, the quality way. of this person's work. And, 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 you know, in fact, we probably ought to do a cast on that for everybody because people miss that. They think, oh, I can never therefore bring somebody up at the front. There are ways to recognize people in public that aren't offensive to that person. Mm -hmm. Also, they're not a big fan of quantity over quality. And there are some roles that tend to be more that way. I'll give you a good example. In my experience in sales, if the sales are, let's make a lot of small sales mm -hmm. rather than some big sales, high C's get str struggle with that a little mm -hmm. bit. Most high C's want quality to be the goal that everybody shoots for. Um, so if you say to them, I just want more from you as a manager, the high C's first thought is not a positive one to that, right? I, I, give me one more that I can dig into rather than, you know, you did seven this week. Let's go for 15 next week. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or, or you say to them, I know you spent 10 hours on this. The next one you do. And it's brilliant. And, and it's, it's brilliant. brilliant yeah. But next time, can you spend five and do two of them? And they're like, oh. No. Oh, no. The reason why it's brilliant is I spent 10 hours. No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So be aware of that when you're assigning work. Now, there are times when you still have to assign that work to them. Yeah. But be aware yeah. as opposed to the high eye. Hey, listen, you spent a bunch of time on this. Can you do two in the same time? High eye goes, yeah. Yeah. All right, no problem. Well, whatever. Because quality really isn't in my top three, <laughs> no. right? It, I'm not even sure it's in my top 10. Looking good, though, that's in my top five, <laughs> <laughs> right? Sorry, you high eyes, okay? Let's talk about what a high C direct wouldn't want, right, from a, from a, from a high D boss. What does, that, what does that mean for a high D boss? Um, okay. So for a start, they don't want you to walk past and go, dude, you're fabulous. Oh, dude, uh, no. D's don't really do dude, but... 
mate, you've done a really good job, fabulous. Or even to, to walk out of your office and, you know, yell across the cubes, oi, everybody, <laughs> yeah. Bob did a great job. Yeah, That's- we just heard from the exec and Bob's just gotten a big big bit of praise out of the meeting I just came from. So, Bob, stand up. Let's give you a round of applause. Oh, right? that would be excruciating. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, high, the high C is like, what? That's not what I want. That's not praise. It's not right. I don't, I don't want any of that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, now, look, there's nothing wrong with positive feedback to a high C. Nothing wrong with that at all. But if you think public praise and pro- positive feedback are the same thing, you're nuts. Okay? Yeah. You need to go back and listen to our feedback casts and also our yes, please praise and Praise in public and criticize in private is wrong because praise and criticism generally don't work as well as people might like. Okay. What about quality? It's got to be. It's got to be about quality. It's got to be about something specific. That's why they don't like fabulous. I have a a friend who says, uh, if I say awesome, she says, no, Wendy, the universe is awesome. That wasn't awesome. Yeah. There are people who say that that adults should never use the word awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, the words have specific meanings and... If you're going to give someone positive feedback about something, it should be to a high C about something specific. Right. They, they're not just and a the great words, guy. The words should, the definition of the words should be in concert with the effort that they took. Yes. In other words, this was very high quality work and it meant a lot to the organization as opposed to dude awesome. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. Which, which I, I know I do sometimes. I use my vernacular. But in part, that's a way of me expressing my appreciation in my language. But frankly, I, I know I could do better in terms of using a language that makes sense to the person I'm talking to. Yeah. yeah. And, okay. and they do believe that quality is the most important goal of any work. So they don't want you to give them tasks where they have to sacrifice quality. And part of the, part of the good thing about high C working for a high D is that you can teach them over time that sometimes urgency or speed or doing something at 80% is a good thing Yep. over there. You know, we don't always need 110% of quality. Yeah. I had an interesting conversation with a high C several years ago and he said, Mark, tell me, tell me how it is that you can be a high D high I when in fact there is no product that is low quality that sells, right? We have to have high quality products. And if in fact I'm a part of an organization, then I need to do things to high quality standards so that that lends to the rest of the organization meeting high quality standards. And I said two things. I said, well, I see your point and I think there are things that are sold that aren't high quality. And, and he immediately said back and a total kudos to him for it. He says, yes, but they don't sell for long. Right? <laughs> um, uh, it, but then I said, okay, and let's go watch how each other surfs the web. And I didn't have the word on my on my tip of my tongue the way I do now after our website uh, redesign, but satisficing the idea mm-hmm. that people on the web, every, almost everyone on the web, when they interact on the web, they look at everything and they make some quick choices and they see what happens and they go from there. And it's a very sketchy, non-linear, non-carefully thought out weighting of all the priorities and so on. And the person said, yeah, you're right. There are some things that we do quickly. And then he would say, I would just agree that there, I would just say that there are a lot less things that you could do quickly than you would. And I said, yeah, that's okay. We're all different. And for a high D, it's not so much quality as results. Mm-hmm. And certainly we want results with high quality and we want, re- high, we want fast results with high quality. And this reminds me of the old triangle of you can have it fast or you can have it high quality or you can have it cheap. You can have any two of the three. If you have it fast and high quality, it's going to be expensive. And if you have it, 
high quality and you want it cheap, it's going to take forever, <laughs> right? So there's a trade-off there and this is a class that that trade-off between speed and quality or a focus on a result now versus the word speed and a high quality result that takes longer now versus later is a fundamental high D boss versus high C direct challenge. Yeah. Let's talk now about how high C direct works with the other people on the team. Okay. First thing, obviously, hopefully it's pretty obvious. Yeah. High C's focus on task rather than people, right? And what that means is sometimes their relationships aren't as strong as they could be. One of the things we teach at the conference is that um, the D's and C's of the world, when they meet people, keep people at arm's length. Mm -hmm. They're task focused. They're not naturally warm. This is not a bad thing or a good thing. It's a different thing. And that's one of the fundamental principles of DISC. DISC is about behavioral diversity, guys. People have different ways of seeing the world and, and acting in the world, and that's okay. The, the, you'll be better working with other people when you understand the what and the why and the how of how they interact. Well, in, in, in the case of D's and C's, um, they keep people at arm's length. Their first thought is, I don't know you enough to trust you, and so I'm not going to befriend you until I get to know you better. Okay? The great benefit of that is you greatly reduce your risk in life. You don't let somebody get close to you before you know them well enough to discover, uh-oh, this person is not well aligned with me, and they're not going to be a, a net plot positive, a net plus in my life. There's nothing okay? like starting a conversation with somebody on an aircraft when you know you've got five hours and five minutes into, into the discussion finding out that they, they just want to talk uh, they're annoying. about they're obnoxious. something yeah. that you're not interested in. Yeah. So it's better not to start the conversation. Yeah, better. Yeah, that's the way a high D or a high C exactly. would be. Right? Now, that, that's the benefit. Now, the downside of that is high Ds and Cs tend to have less friends, right? Because there are people who come up to them expecting to be, if you'll pardon the expression in the vernacular, hugged or immediately be treated warmly and friendly. And in fact, don't get that. They get a little cool and aloof and say, oh, this person doesn't like me. Maybe I've got my feelings for a little. I'm going to take my ball and go home. And so decencies tend to have less friends. The other side of the world, the I's and S's, the first time they meet you, they hug you. They, they bring you close. They don't put you at arm's length. They say, be my friend. I'm going to be warm. I'm going to be engaging. I'm going to smile. I'm going to ask about you. And I'm going to find things to like about you because connecting with people is important to me. For the D's and C's, it's not as important. For the I's and S's, it's very important. The great benefit of that is I's and S's tend to have a lot more fun. Mm -hmm. or a lot more friends. Sorry. Nobody has more fun. This doesn't predict, predict fun. Um, the downside, of course, is... You Sometimes get people, they get burned. Yeah, you get burned, right? You wear your heart on your sleeve a little bit. You get close to somebody and you discover this person's not right for you. The person who's annoying sitting mm -hmm. next to you and wants to talk for five hours. And you don't have a way to extricate yourself from that conversation with your seatbelt on. So, so what happens is the high C goes through work, work every day. And, and if you're not natural this way, folks, if you're a high I or a high S and you're listening to this cast... That arm's length thing kind of surprised you. And you wonder why the high C doesn't have better working relationships with other people on the team. And it's because it's not a priority for them. It's not as if they're not aware that, that everyone knows that relationships matter. The high C's and the high D's of the world, though, are more likely to say, the only reason relationships matter is there's some people aren't willing to do their work to a high enough quality that they want to be measured on something else than the quality of their work. Mm -hmm. If everybody focused on the quality of their work, we wouldn't have to worry about relationships. Let's all just get the work done, why exactly. don't we? Yeah. yeah, they'll do the work before they'll play. Right. And, and, and since the work is never done, they rarely get around to playing. Yeah, they find it annoying. A high C will find it annoying that there are people who get ahead because they know a lot of people in the organization and they can get favors done, right? Yeah. It's like the guy just knows somebody. He just, he just 
somebody just did him a favor. How, how, how can you be sure he'll repeat that? He, he needs to be down in the weeds so he can repeat it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, the, one of the other things um, that high C's like to be right. Um, the, the, her need to be right, uh, rather than being effective. And sometimes being effective means understanding that I'm not right, but I have a different view than you. And maybe both of those views have some value. Or even that I am right. And yeah, I'm still going to let you go yeah, ahead with what. Exactly. Uh, her need to be right sometimes causes friction. There's a little bit of perception of arrogance there. Mm-hmm. Also, you're going to see that, uh, sometimes a high C's need to be right in their reservedness is going to be seen maybe as sulking a little bit. Yeah, I tried to talk to Bob, but he won't talk to me. Yeah. Uh, or, 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 yeah, Bob. Well, yeah, boss, we'll do what you want. Yeah. And then not speaking. Right, exactly. As if to suggest, I'm doing this, I really don't like it, I'm trying to send you a message, I don't like it, yeah. which is not good. Sometimes that desire to be right, be correct, and to know the details causes in a meeting, for instance, for someone to say, for a high C to say, uh, that's wrong. Yeah, Actually, you're you, wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. That That's wrong. <laughs> um, and I have data right here that'll prove it. And of course, that pinches relationships in ways that aren't helpful. Okay, so that's how a high C direct works with other people. What does that mean for a high D boss? Okay, so you both, as we said earlier, focus on tasks. And that mo- means that both of you could have weak relationships unless you focus on building those relationships and you have to do it much more consciously than an, an IRNS does. Right. You have to have a list. You have to have reminders. And it can't just be for a high D boss. It just can't be senior people. No. Right. No, there has to be a cross. It has to be yeah. down as well. Yeah. Um, and this is a case where you both have a weakness relative to the two core things. There are two core things that every professional has to do to, to have a, long, a career with longevity and that's results and relationships. Folks, whether you like it or not, if you're a high D, a high C, you've got to have relationships. Relationships matter in organizations. People matter. But high Ds and high Cs working together will tend to discount that. And if you're not careful, you will send a message that you can get by without relationships, which will only aid and abet one of the weaknesses of a high C in organizations, which is the lack of willingness to spend time developing relationships. Folks, if you're not willing to spend time developing relationships, you'll wonder why your ideas don't get implemented. And it's because people won't implement the idea of somebody that they don't trust, they don't respect, they don't know. And and while you may have expertise on your side, as a high C or a high D, expertise power only goes so far. The big kahuna of the three, role power, relationship power, and expertise power, is relationship power. And If both you and your direct have weak relationships and they make an error that you need to cover for, but you don't have any relationships, you're going to hang your direct out to dry and that's not good. So you've got to set an example for building relationships. Maybe you would even be willing to share your relationships, although I don't know that many high Ds who would do that as managers. Um, And I think that you have to set an example of and then encourage your direct to be more of a team player. Um, Specifically, you know, before a meeting, if you're going to a meeting and you're taking a high C direct to a meeting with more senior people, brief her on who's going to be at the meeting and tell her she needs to shake hands with everybody and say hello and introduce herself, right? That harkens back to our first cast ever, you know, 8, 10, 12 years ago, whatever it was, uh, of, you know, solution to a stalled technical career. The technical person walks into a meeting with a bunch of marketing people and sits in the corner and waits for the meeting to start and doesn't say hello, doesn't say boo to anybody and wonders why his career is going nowhere. 
So it's not a natural behavior for you to direct. It may not be a natural behavior for you, but hopefully as a manager, you've learned that relationships matter and you've got to set an example. And you've got to talk to them about this if you believe they have a future in the organization. And the future without relationships is not a future. The fact that you have had to learn it rather than it coming naturally to you actually makes it easier to teach. You know, for an eye, it's impossible. It's not impossible. It's much harder for them to teach it because it comes so naturally. Whereas because you have to work hard at it, it's easier for you to show your high C what to do. Good, good. Um, Now, we said that the high C likes to be right. Yep. But that's not what no. high Ds want. <laughs> high Ds want effective and results. And that's not always being right. It's right. there's all there's often, especially in organizations, there's often five rights and or there's five courses of action which right. will all And when there are five courses of action, it, it's it's unusual that there is one right action. Yeah. In fact, decision theory tells us that you can make the right decision now. What 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 clearly decision theory says that's the right decision, and discover later that it was clearly not the best one. Mm-hmm. And yet, decision theory would say you were right, but it turned out badly. A high D says about that. No, if it turns out badly, then it wasn't right. Even yeah. though I may choose, I, I I don't want to get too tied. I don't want to get moralistic about the idea that it's right because I know. The world's going to change and the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry and the definition of right for many high seas includes getting it right taking the time and so on and what i like to tell young high seas and is who like to take more time every day that this project takes longer is a day that this product is not in the field making sales and and the day that it's delayed is one day you can never get that day back in their mind well it'll be higher quality and so therefore the day we make sales the next day it'll be better well okay maybe maybe not but we know for certain that the day it doesn't go out is the day we won't make any money on it and and folks like it or not whether you're a d a c an i or an s if you're listening to this cast if you don't think getting a product out one day earlier matters to senior leadership you are smoking crack certainly if it's if it's a if it's a transistorized if it's a silicon wafer full of um, enormously complex chips fine okay you have to get that right but the vast majority of things um, in fact there's a there's efforts under foot now that suggest that speed and quality can be related as opposed to mm-hmm. diametrically opposed to one another and I think too often you're going to find that that high C is going to want to take longer and You've got to both balance your respect for that person's point of view with the needs of the organization. And and teaching them that being right is okay, but the organization values effectiveness. Yes. Rightness matters in terms of moral judgments and in terms of respect for people, uh, respect for diversity, respect for individuals, uh, how one cares and treat cares for and treats other people um, but the organization is not built on that alone the organization has to consider its future um, and look we want organizations to be respectful and kind and generous and so on and respectful kind and generous organizations fail all the time because there is a way to balance respectful kind generous with achieving results absolutely yeah let's talk about deadlines for just a minute mm-hmm. bosses and directs have got to have clear understanding of one another relative deadlines. And I have to say, the reason, for those of you who have gotten some of the other casts in the DIS 50 series, we call it DIS 50, sorry. Uh, that's our internal working title it's our, of it. It's our project name. Yeah, in, in, the, in the DISC series of casts that this is a part of, we have different titles 
for directs versus bosses. So my, when, when we talk about my boss is a D and I'm an I, for instance, uh, the headings are different. And one of the things that I've always felt is a real sticking point that people miss is the issue of deadlines. Bosses and directs can have different viewpoints about deadlines and people's beliefs about deadlines matter. The classic example is a high eye. It's like the deadline is 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 a is a point of guidance. Is it is one of many factors. They're a we're bit trying... like Italians about stoplights. It's like it's it's an idea. It's a, it's a suggestion. Oh, well, <laughs> if you are Francesco Vadana or you are Pier Giorgio, and you just heard my 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 wonderful colleague Wendy uh, impugn your ability to. <laughs> Stop at stoplights. They can stop. And they why just would one stop if one was driving a Ferrari? Um, <laughs> so, so the, the the approach that people have to deadlines is interesting, and and it it colors people's behavior. And it's worth knowing that if you're different than your direct, if you see that I'm you're an I, for instance, and your direct is a C, or you're an S, and your boss is an I, they you, you see different, you see deadlines differently, and it matters. Take, taking that into attention, in, into uh, consideration will help you mitigate the possibility that you butt heads with your direct. It, being aware of the, the similarities and differences to other people is the start of coming together. Mm -hmm. Look, Mike and I disagree about stuff, but, but after this many years working together, we know what we're going to disagree with. We think about it in advance and we're willing to modify 10 to 20%. You and I disagree about stuff. You think sometimes I'm a little too flighty. I'm a little too high eye, right? And, but, but you're aware of that when we come to the conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's why we, we want to talk about how people feel, <laughs> if you will, or think, depending upon whether you're a DIS or C about deadlines. In the case of a high C, let's get to it. Um, the high C, and this may be a surprise for some folks, would say the deadline, there are times when deadlines could and in fact should be moved in favor of quality because quality sometimes takes time. That's right. Agreed? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and sometimes they're right. You know, if, if, the, if, the, if it's the guy that's repairing your aircraft or taking, um, uh, doing maintenance on your aircraft and he says, I want to delay the flight by half an hour uh, in order to make sure that the airplane is put together properly, I would agree with him. Right. I will wait that half an hour. Right. <laughs> if yeah. it's, you know, something less critical, then yeah. probably it's not yeah. necessary. The way I would say it is uh, uh, work that is late is less evil than work that is low quality. For a high C. Right, right exactly. Yeah. Um, now, if you're a high I or a high D, they'd say, no, there, we... We actually have to sell this to customers, and the day we get it out one day sooner is one more day of revenue. As a idea, I'm, uh, you know, if you say to me, "When is that going to be done?" I say, "When do you want it done?" And I'll do it for them. I'll I'll work harder. I'll work out how to get it done for them. That deadline a high matters. Eye is like yeah. whatever. Right. Roughly around the same week will be fine. Right. Yeah. And in the high C's mind, if he doesn't get it done on time. It's probably an indication that you didn't give him enough time or her enough time to complete the work. And folks, if you're not aware of this, you're going to be continually frustrated with a high C who can't meet a deadline. And some of them, depending upon their relationship with you, may or may not communicate to you in advance that they've missed the deadline. Mm -hmm. They're thinking, I've got to have quality. I've got to have quality. Yeah, I know I've got the deadline, but but quality time, quality time, quality, 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 quality. Always, always yeah. in that yeah. balance, quality yeah. wins. Absolutely. And... Relative to that, they need more time to prepare than other people. Okay, they need—they essentially need 
longer deadlines or more advanced preparation yeah. notice. So, so if they're given three weeks, then they'll spend two weeks preparing and a week doing the work. Whereas a high D will spend one day repairing or a high I will spend one day preparing, a week and a half doing the wrong things and the last week getting the work done. Yeah. And they probably can learn to work, work more quickly yep. relative to your interest in deadlines. And folks, if you have a high deadline quotient environment, there's nothing wrong with expecting your high C to stick, to stick to a deadline. They probably won't ever be completely comfortable. And yet, think about them becoming a manager someday or a senior manager where the deadlines are fast and furious and they have to meet them, um, particularly if they're on the critical path. If you don't teach them the lesson mm -hmm. early in their career, if you're a frontline manager, that deadlines matter and they think that quality always matter over deadlines, when they get to more senior level, they'll wonder why they're, they're left out of key projects. They'll wonder why they can't seem to get promoted any further. It's because they think quality matters more than time. Now, we can have an argument, a fundamental argument about quality versus time, right? But there are thousands of products that have been multi-billion dollar sellers where the only thing that mattered was quality. Mm -hmm. There have been thousands of products that were slapdash, but oh my gosh, they sell like crazy. Neither one is right. They're different. There are different choices about how one approaches tasks, task management, priorities, and the ultimate outcome. And if you're going to defend one or the other as being right or wrong, you're going to offend half of the people in the world that are different than you. Yeah. The secret is to look at the situation rather than to immediately jump to whatever your preference is. Exactly. So, okay, let's talk about what that means for me. I'm a high D boss. I've got a high C working for me. Uh, and I think we have some tension here relative to deadlines. Are we saying tension maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Oh, dude. oh is there tension? Oh, my. Uh, as, a high D, as a high D myself, oh, my, is there tension? <laughs> and now I laugh about it. But I don't know that 25 years ago, I wasn't oh, laughing. Oh, I wasn't laughing. I was like, oh, I'm going to strangle you. Do you know what? I wasn't laughing this morning when I had this problem with a high C. Ah, I see. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Not amused at all. So, so how, I think how after, do we do that? What, I, do we, what do we do? I think after quality, this is probably the biggest area of conflict. So quality, quality first and, deadlines. and then yeah. deadlines. Yeah. And I think... And I th of course they're related, right? Yeah, and they are. Yeah, absolutely yeah, sure. related. Right. I, I think, again, it's one of those things where you have to think about the situation. Can you give them more time in order for them to be more comfortable with the deadline and, and get what they need. And if the answer is no, then you have to take the time, the extra three minutes to say, I know this is too quick for you and the organization needs it done. And if it's 80% of what you would normally do, I'm okay with that. Right. I also think raising your voice doesn't work. No. Raising your voice, folks, if you don't know this yet, raising your voice as a boss, whether you're a DIS or C, raising your voice as your boss is essentially invoking role power, okay? Because think about it, how often would you be completely fine and not raise an eyebrow if one of your directs raised his or her voice at you? Yeah. That's not appropriate, but bosses tend to do that. So it's role power thing and generally high Cs don't believe that force is the answer that, that force majeure, if you will, is the answer to quality, right? And you don't even, as a high D, you don't even have to raise your voice very far. You, you literally yeah. only have to go. I would even argue something else. I would argue that, that to a high C, interrupting them repeatedly 
is a form of raising your voice. You're right. Right? You're violating one of the rules of conversation, which is let's have a professional conversation, which is we're both not exactly monotone, but we're both keeping our voices level. We're focusing on facts. We're being respectful. Being respectful clearly means you're within some range of tone. And and one of the other rules of conversation is you don't interrupt one another, mm-hmm. uh, which interestingly I just did to you. Yeah. So you got to be willing to explain to, explain to, uh, to your high C direct, this is what the deadline is and here's why it is mm-hmm. what it is. And there's nothing wrong with saying, tell me how you feel about that. Or, hey, what concerns do you have about meeting that? And they say, the high C says, well, look, as I look at this, that's going to take me an extra day. Yeah. And as a high D boss, rather than getting irritated and saying, you don't have an extra day, you're not listening, say, okay, I understand that. That makes sense to me. And the deadline's the deadline. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's straightforward. I, I, I'm okay with discussing why the deadline shouldn't be that. And for now, that's the deadline. And I want to be clear with you. I want you to do the best quality work you can possibly do. I want you to tell me what other things may not get done. And that's the deadline. And if you miss it, we'll talk about that. And probably you'll get negative feedback. And if you make it, you'll get positive feedback. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. and, And the fact is, there are times when it would be good for the high D boss, who also has a sense of, effectiveness is by definition rightness, then it might be good for you to be flexible. And maybe the high C has a point and you ought to listen. Yeah. Right? And you want things to go faster than is probably appropriate. Your high C probably wants them to go slower. Maybe the answer's in the middle. Absolutely. It, the, if you if you have a team full of people who you who you want to be on your team, who you respect their skills, you respect their experience, and you don't listen to them, which is a high D failing, yeah. then then what you, are you? Wait, I'm sorry. What are you saying that high Ds sometimes don't listen? Uh, yeah. What did you just say? What was that? I, I as a high D, am yeah. confessing to the fact that I don't always listen. Yeah. Which Let me is... just tell you, folks. She got yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Which is fair because neither do I. Yeah. But. But, you know, if you've got eight people on your team and you're not listening to, to that, their input at least some of the time, yeah. then what have you got them on your team for? You, don't, you cannot do it all on your own. That's why you have a team, even, if, even yeah. though you want to. And so listening to their, you know, at least giving them five minutes to tell you, this is my rationale for why I think the deadline should right. be 10 days from now yeah. is worth it. Yeah, I, I, I have no problem with that. I may, st- I may listen and go, thank you, and the deadline's yeah. the deadline, right? Yeah. And I think there's, there's a time where I'm going to listen and go, oh, you're right. Yeah. I get that. Okay. But now you got to help me. You're the one that messed up my deadline, so now help me come up with what the solution is for all the other deadlines that related to that one. Yeah, Good. Absolutely. Let's talk about conflict. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because that'll how, be fun. How does a high C direct handle conflict? Okay. Um, what would you say? Well, they value stability and calm and professionalism, and conflict causes risk, so they avoid conflict. You know, that's interesting because because I think the high D would say, a conflict doesn't cause risk. A conflict points out the risk and then helps us wrestle it to the ground, but the high C would say, no, we don't, we don't want conflict. We want, we want agreement based on what facts. we know to be true, yeah, yeah. on the facts, yeah. yeah. Probably a high C will avoid conflict if they're uncertain, if they don't have the data, if they don't have the facts. But if they're, if they do have the facts, if they believe they're right, if they're well prepared, then they're comfortable as much as they can be mm-hmm. with the conflict. They'll engage in an argument, what somebody else might call an argument with someone, if they have marshaled their facts and they're ready to discuss it 
And they can essentially beat you with facts. They can say, I know this, and I know this, and I know this, and I know this, and I know this. When you look at all that, it's really hard to argue with all that. You could say X, but I can say Y and Z, right? Or I can say A and B. Mm-hmm. Um, then, unfortunately, when they think they're right, they're they like keep a, going. Yeah, like a dog with a bone. Uh-huh. Dog and, with and, a bone. Re- and, and the repetitive, in my experience, high seas tend to repeat the same fact, which is not helpful for... Yeah. For, for resolving a conflict. It doesn't matter. Like, clearly that fact is not working. You need to do something else. Yeah. I, I've noticed with a lot of high C's who have worked for me that the time I know that they're getting ready to be in conflict or there's a potential pinch is they're more comfortable starting a sentence with but. Yeah. They say but. And then they state something that was already, that they knew to be true, which is in conflict or it, that, that, that contravenes or, or, or is somehow different than the point I just made or that another boss just made. And the point is they're, they're being stubborn. My mm-hmm. fact is my fact. And it may not further the argument at all. They're simply defending their position. And sometimes folks, defending your position is good and sometimes it's not. And if you're managing a high C, you've got to be aware of that. Um, they want to define the project or the problem in detail and, you know, l- let's get it clear. Let's get it all clear, as clear as possible down in the details, down in the weeds, so that we can avoid conflict later. And if I'm marching to a plan that we agreed to, and then you introduce changes and so on, and I disagree, we've got conflict, they're going to say, well, you gave me the, you gave me this, and I came up with a plan, you best bless the plan. And the high D or high I boss might say, you know, I'm sorry, stuff changes. And the high C goes, yeah, okay, great. And then I've got to go back and I got to rework my entire plan in order for me to feel good as a high C about moving forward on it. Yeah. So, that's how high seas directs, manage, or handle conflict. I, I, I got to say that I, there's re, there's a real chance for conflict over conflict mm-hmm. in this situation. And there's, um, a, there's a good chance that your high seas definition of conflict is a far lower barrier than your definition of conflict yeah. as a high day. Yeah. We rarely believe that we're in conflict, whereas high seas believe that they are much more often. Right. Uh, as we said, conflict causes risk, so they avoid risk. Um, they want to take time and define everything in detail. Uh, I would say that the first rule about this is um, recognize that you're probably okay with the conflict. They're probably not. If you're not hearing from them, if they're not saying they're in conflict, that doesn't mean they're not in conflict. In fact, if there's a potential for conflict, and you feel them withdrawing in some way or you're not hearing from them, that's their response to conflict is to shut down a little bit. Not completely, shut down is probably too strong a word, but to withdraw and to say, I know I'm right or I I believe this is what's appropriate or reasonable and somebody disagrees with me and I've done my best to try to convince them and they're not on board and I don't believe, a high C will tend to say, I'm careful to, to not believe that persuasion is in fact professional. Mm -hmm. I want the facts to be the facts. I want other people to see the facts and to see them the way I do. So the high C says, I don't want to have to persuade you. I've already laid out the facts. That should be, that is persuasive enough. If you don't agree with the facts, I'm probably never going to get to. And so it makes no sense for us to continue talking. Yeah. Right. I I believe what I believe. You believe what you believe. And the high D says, wow, I I feel like I'm, if you feel like you're losing a high C in a discussion, mm-hmm. it's because they're in conflict. If you're starting to get one-word answers or, yeah. yes, boss, I'll do it your way, right? in a very flat tone, you've probably lost it. Right. And you got to be careful about engaging in classic high D, which is, yeah. we're in conflict now. So, so I'll get louder. I'm going to lean in. I'm going to get a little <laughs> bit louder. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over and say, what the heck's your problem? Where'd you go? <laughs> uh, you Half an hour into that meeting, you just disappeared. Sorry, boss. 
Um, well, okay, but I, I'm not interested in being sorry. What's the, what's the issue? What's going on? Hey, just maybe we see it differently. It's all good. Listen, I got to go. Right? Yeah. Like, really? Are we fifth graders here? <laughs> We're pouting? Because, because I'll tell you, as a high D boss, I, I describe that high C behavior as disengagement from conflict as pouting. Now, some of you are listening going, wow, that's, that's kind of harsh on, on Mark's part. I don't, I don't mean for it to be harsh. Folks, if you think, I think I just wrote in Things I Think recently, if you want life without conflict, it's easy. Die. There is no place without conflict. Now, you as a high D boss, that's good for you because you're comfortable with conflict. But you've got to understand that your high C sees it differently and their natural tendency is to withdraw a little bit. And if you go more forcefully at them, that will only cause them to withdraw more fully. So going up to them and saying, hey, Clearly, we, we've got a disagreement here. There's some conflict going on. What do you think we ought to do? Let, let, help me solve this problem. That's the phrase, to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about how we can get through this, right? Now, high C says, okay, there's an acknowledgement, and we're trying to depersonalize the problem. We're trying to say, there's a puzzle in the middle of the table. We'll work on the puzzle together, rather than focusing on the two people sitting on the opposite side of the table, one of which is the high C, feeling that the other person, whomever it might be, disagrees with them when, in fact... The facts are clearly the facts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. so let, let's talk about the factors. Let's see what we can do. Um, and ask the high C, what's what's the process for getting around this? What yeah. can we do? Now, look, if your high C says, well, it's pretty obvious I'm right, or look, I don't know how I can come up with any other solution other than the one I have, that's a different problem. That's mm-hmm. a high C that's inflexible. Okay. There's nothing wrong with being high quality. There's nothing wrong with taking time as long as you recognize the organization may not have unlimited amounts of time. Um, it's not okay for a high C to say, well, I, I essentially react as if I'm right or this is the only plan. Because as you said, sometimes there are five plans. Yeah, right? there never is right. just one solution. So you're a boss. There are times when you want to recognize your directs. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about how a high C direct wants to be recognized. Okay. We talked about this a little bit before. The, the worst way to recognize your high C is to, to wait, do it in public. Wait, wait for the 300-person strong of, um, all-hands meeting, have a stage and a podium at the front and bring them up and spend five minutes telling everyone how fabulous they are because it just makes them want to have the earth swallow them up. Yeah, and, and you think it's good to highlight high-quality work or good work for other people. The high C says, I'm not here in order for other people to take me as an example necessarily, and I shouldn't. when I do good work, I shouldn't be put through something that I don't like to do. No. Uh, the fact that other people don't do work to my level of quality is a function of their problem and you telling them that my work is fabulous won't cause them to do it because I know them and they're not going to be focused on quality or detail or accuracy or completeness the way I am and you you won't convince them. I've been trying for years to convince them and they can't they won't do what I want them to do and so therefore putting me up in front of a room and making me want to throw up is not the way to make me feel better about something I did. Using me as an object lesson for somebody else is not the high C's definition of a professional way to say thank you. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. And it's, and it's, there is no point in doing it anyway because, because they're not going to get any pleasure out of it at right. all. Right. So you might as well do what, what they prefer, which is to recognize them for the, the, the precision, the accuracy and the quality of their work in a low key, one-on-one or, um, you know, maybe a couple of people if they work right. on a project with right. somebody, um, it, 
they'll value that that from their boss. They right. probably won't grin at you in excitement, right. but they'll have a little quiet satisfaction from that. Right. Now, to be clear, we're talking about recognition here, and that is different from positive feedback. Positive feedback is done one-on-one. Yeah. It's done not privately, but essentially for the private benefit of your direct. And for those of you who are manager tools managers, um, if you're if you're giving feedback, giving positive feedback to a high C because they're becoming a better team player. There's nothing wrong with that at all, but that's not recognition in the sense that it's in front of other people. And so we encourage you still to do that. Thanks everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. Have a great one. So long.